0: Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax. Get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. As you may be able to detect from my nasally voice, I am still fighting the ravages of the cold that will not quit. Although I am Certain now that it is not Creeping Death, I am not entirely convinced that it's not some form of slow torture that the United Nations would frown upon. So I'm going to do my best to get through the episode tonight and bring you guys some great stories that our listeners have sent into us. So why don't we go ahead and get into that. Our first story comes from Ashlyn and she has sent it to us, giving it the title, My Paranormal Experiences. Okay Ashlyn, let's see what you sent us. I was 13 or so when the story I'm about to tell you took place. I have always believed in the unknown. I can see spirits and talk to them and sometimes I allow them to control my body. People have always looked at me like I was the oddball out, and I am in some ways. My cousin, however, didn't believe me until she witnessed my doll try to kill me. When I was 13, my mother moved me to Fastoria from North Baltimore. I knew the minute I stepped into the house that something was not quite right. Call it a gut feeling. Well, while unpacking, I had noticed that my favorite schoolgirl dolls packages had been damaged. So instead of trying to fix it, I just took her out of the package. Now my doll had brown eyes when I had unpacked her. But the minute I set her on my bookshelf, her eyes turned blood red. I thought nothing of it at the time because she was so old, I thought maybe it had something to do with chemicals in her and the fact that she had hit oxygen from being out of the box for the first time. My first night in the house was very eventful. See, the door to the attic was in my closet and it was sealed closed while I was putting my things away. When it came time for me to get ready for bed, I had gone in to get my pajamas on and I heard a loud thud come from above me. So I looked up to see if I could see anything and my eyes came to rest on the attic door, which was now unsealed and open. Looking back at me was a pair of rose red eyes. Feeling brave, I said hi to the eyes. No answer came from the eyes other than a blood-curdling scream. Not knowing what to do, I ran out of my closet and slammed the door shut. All through the night, I heard knocking on my closet door and loud banging coming from above me. Strange things had been happening all through the house during our time living there. Objects would be moved. The TV would turn on. Windows would close. Just small things that somebody wouldn't think twice about. In my room, however, on certain nights, violence would occur. One night in June, close to my 14th birthday, I was yanked out of my bed by my hair and dragged under my bed. My mother was not home, so me screaming did absolutely no good. When I was finally released and able to get out from under my bed, I realized I had cuts all down my legs and my back. The strange thing about the cuts is after a day they went away and most of them were deep and should have gotten stitches. By this time I had not wanted to sleep in my room so I stayed with friends whenever I could. But you can only stay away from home for so long. Well, one night me and my little sister who was six at the time were bored and I was looking for a game to play. Well, we came across the family's Ouija board My mom had told me stories on how to use it, so me and my sister played. We turned off the lights and lit five candles and set little bells around us. At first, I was being silly with her and moving the triangle myself to try to scare her. I had gotten real after a little while, though, and had asked if anyone was living in the attic. The piece suddenly went to yes. My sister thought it was me again, but it was not. When I asked if the thing living in the attic had a name, it spelled out S-I-X. At first, I thought its name was Six, till my sister asked what the six names were. The piece spelled out multiple names, most of which I had never heard of. At this time, the candles began to flicker and the bells were going nuts. I told my sister to let go of the piece when I got to the count of three. When we let go, the piece began to spin in circles. The front door was opening and closing. The kitchen cabinets kept slamming. My sister just screamed and it all went silent. When we looked down at the board, the piece was still moving. It had spelled out D-E-A-T-H. After that, we put everything away and didn't say a word about it, at least until my cousin came and stayed the night. Now, my cousin was a very big non-believer. She had always said that there was a logical explanation for everything that happens. Well, when she came to stay the night it was in October, we had just gotten done setting up Halloween decorations. She was telling us about how her friends had played with the Ouija board and how they kept moving the piece themselves. Me and my sister had begun to tell her about what had happened. She told us that we had probably just imagined it all. So that night, we took the board up to my room and set up the candles and bells again. At first, when we were asking questions, nothing happened. When my cousin was just about to take her hands off the piece, it suddenly began to move. She said that it was me pulling on it even though my hands were relaxed. Although no one had asked a question, the piece spelled out H-E-L-L-O. At this time, the candles went out and my closet door had opened. I had wanted to let go of the piece, but I couldn't seem to get my hands to function. A dark growl came from my closet, and the bells began to move and chime. My cousin thought I had set it all up until my schoolgirl doll fell from the top shelf of my bookshelf and began to walk towards us. She knew this doll meant a lot to me, and I wouldn't try to cause anything that might damage it. The doll stood closest to me and actually began to talk it had told us that the board was not a game and that the evil in the house would kill us all not thinking twice i picked up the doll and threw it across the room when it hit the wall everything stopped my closet door shut the candles relit and the bells came to rest i asked my cousin if she believed me now not being able to speak she just nodded her head I grabbed the doll and put it in a box I was sending to a friend who lived in Germany and put a letter that said to please give the doll away and shipped it out the next day. Three weeks later a random box appeared on my doorstep and the doll was in the box. My friend asked why my prized doll was out of my house to begin with and I couldn't explain. Instead I started a fire in the backyard and threw the doll in and watched it burn. Two days later the doll was sitting in my room half melted. When I asked my mom if she put it in there, she said no. So I threw the doll on a train and I haven't seen it since. We moved out of Fastoria and nothing evil has really happened to me since. I still see the occasional spirit looking for a friend, but I haven't seen the red eyes nor the doll. I fear, however, that the entity is not done haunting me and it never will be. wow ashlyn that is a terrifying story oh my lord uh i am um i am not afraid of very many things on this earth but dolls creep me out beyond all reason i'm not really sure why i've never had a good feeling about dolls i've had a couple of experiences with haunted dolls and nothing good ever comes out of them in my opinion Uh, But I am glad to hear that you got rid of that thing, and that is some wild experiences that you had. I really appreciate you sharing those with us. Thanks a lot. Our next story is titled, The Things I've Experienced, and was sent to us by a listener named Kelly. Okay, Kelly, let's see what you have got for us. I've lived in a few interesting places in my life, and all but two of them I've experienced things about which I can only say I have no scientific explanation. The first was my childhood home. It's an old, unfinished farmhouse. It's very small and I know it like the back of my hand. There are four light fixtures in the basement. Three of them are controlled by one light switch upstairs in the kitchen and the fourth can only be turned on by screwing and unscrewing the bulb or by turning off the fuse. The fuse box and the light bulb are in the same area, less than three feet apart. My bedroom was an old playroom with a direct line of sight to the fourth light and behind it clearly visible was the fuse box. I usually left the laundry room light on because my basement is kind of creepy. One night I woke up around 3.30am for no discernible reason. I quickly realized that the light that had been on when I went to sleep was now off. I believed it to have burned out and maybe popped, which is why I thought I had woken. I lay in bed, deciding it was less scary to wait until morning. As I was trying to fall back to sleep, I heard the scratching sound the light bulb makes when you twist it in, and the light came back on. Less than 30 seconds later, the same sound again, and the light went out. I was quite scared at this point and got up to turn it back on because I didn't want to be in the dark. Before I could get to it, however, the sound came again and the light was back on. I hoped that maybe the bulb was loose because I knew it couldn't be someone messing with me. There is no physical way to turn that light on and off without my being able to see it. The bulb, however, was screwed as tight as it could be and was clearly not loose. I have no logical explanation for this. My second experience was in an old pub I worked in in the UK. Many co-workers experienced the same things and were witnesses to these events. First every Friday night we had a live band. There was a narrow metal shelf where the chefs kept the sauces for cooking. For a month and a half straight every Friday when I walked into the kitchen between sets the hot sauce bottle was smashed. At first I thought the vibrations were causing the bottle to fall off, but none of the other bottles were ever moved. We went through five bottles of hot sauce before we had to give up. We even went as far as to move the bottle to a different shelf. It was still smashed by the morning. Second was the optics. Twice a full bottle of gin jumped off two different optic dispensers and almost hit someone. I say jumped because the second time I witnessed the bottle and it did not tip or wiggle and was not being touched. It also did not fall onto the counter. It launched over a foot of counter to smash on the ground and almost hit someone on the head. One night, two staff members swear that a soft drink gun slammed off the holder and then the contents of a single bottle of vodka rippled as they do when you pour a drink from them. Lastly, every individual who's ever stayed after closing commented that when not looking directly at the second level balcony, it looked like someone was walking around up there. My third experience was in my flat. My roommate spent one night there alone and told everyone she felt really creeped out and uncomfortable. There were five of us in the flat and so it was not often anyone had to sleep alone overnight. Four months later, I was the next to go home alone. Around 3am I was in bed and woke up, unable to move. I could feel everything and knew I was awake. I knew I'd left my lamp on, and I could hear running water, but I could not move. I then started to feel like I was being pulled backwards off my bed. Not from any specific part of my body, but my entire body all at once. I was so scared I was crying. With a huge effort, I was finally able to move my hand and then quickly my entire body. I sat up scared and then realized that I could hear water running still. It was loud like all the taps in my house were on. I sat and listened for a few minutes before plucking up the courage to get up and check for myself. Just as I got up, the sound went away. A few months later, my roomies got a dog and one day she started furiously barking at nothing. Then hiding behind my legs whimpering only to stick her head back out and bark again. I had to walk down the hall to where she was barking and wave my arms around to show her there was nothing to be scared of. She ran up to me and looked into the bedroom. She then freaked out again at nothing visible and refused to enter the bedroom. She barked constantly for a few minutes even after I walked into the room to show her again there was nothing there. My flat by the way, backed into a very famous graveyard. Most recently, I've lived in a house that was recently renovated because the owner passed away. I often felt a presence when alone in the house and occasionally when my roommate was home. She also felt similar vibes, so we decided to get a cat, hoping to take out some of the creepy vibe from the house. While in my bedroom downstairs, I could often hear movement up by our bathroom. One night after we had had our cat for a while, I was used to her walking on me while I was lying in bed. Once she reached my head, I would reach over and cuddle her. One night I felt the distinct pressure of her walking across my legs and back only to reach and find her not there, not anywhere in my room, not even in my home. My roommate later told me that she had brought our cat with her out to her parents' house for the whole weekend. As I sat with my boyfriend in our upstairs living room telling him these accounts in an effort to explain why I couldn't say that I didn't believe in ghosts, he started to laugh until we both realized in the time it had taken me to tell him these stories, my living room had gotten so cold we could see our breath. We got up to go to bed because I was creeped out only to realize that the entire rest of the house was nice and toasty warm. We had a third roommate move in a few months later After about a week, she moved in, and I mentioned to her that I thought the house might be haunted or something. Before I could finish telling her where in the house felt creepiest, she said she knew it was her room. She then proceeded to inform me that she had had two shoeboxes in her closet that refused to stay on the shelf. They fell off twice, and then the third time they fell about four feet across the room. I look back at these stories and I'm struck that they could be easily made up. But as I've lived them, I cannot deny that they are completely true. I am not one to tell people that I believe in ghosts and often think there must be some way to explain all these occurrences. But try as I might, I just cannot find anything that makes more sense than the supernatural. Wow, Kelly, that is a... Really, truly incredible story that's amazing that you've had so many experiences in so many different locations. It's almost like maybe you're drawn to these haunted locations. I know I have uh, experienced things like that with people where no matter where they move to, it seems like boom, there's haunting activity. So looks like you might be into a little bit of that. At any rate, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. That was awesome. Our third and final story tonight is called Strange Experiences in China, and it is by a Dr. Smith. I don't think it's the Dr. Smith from Lost in Space, though. But, at any rate, let's see what you sent us, Dr. Smith. This all started about two years ago in a small apartment I lived in in China. I don't live there now. I moved out several years ago. I never really felt that scared as I'm quite interested in the paranormal. Aside from the balcony doors, the strange things that happened occurred about once every month or two. It wasn't exactly a day in and day out kind of thing. The first bizarre thing to happen was while me and my wife were watching a movie, a horror movie, funnily enough, I had a beer can on the coffee table in front of us and we were watching the movie when my wife suddenly shouted, look! I thought she was referring to something happening in the movie, which I thought was strange as nothing of note was happening at that time. She then said, the beer can. My wife said the beer can moved across the table a short distance all by itself. It was still about a quarter full, so it had some weight in it. By the time I looked, it had stopped. I knew we were watching a horror movie, but she wouldn't really joke about things like that. One thing which happened almost on a daily basis was the rattling of the balcony doors. There were two large sliding doors and it was almost as if someone was violently shaking them sometimes. There's no other explanation. It happened when the weather was calm, there was not really any traffic and they didn't shake when it was windy. Nothing else shook, just the doors. The thing that really did it for me was the dice, however. I knew I had two dice in the apartment, but I didn't know where they were. I was sitting at my computer desk one day, and I heard a noise like something hitting the ceiling, so I looked up, and then something hit the floor. Right by my left foot was a dice with the number one facing up. A little bemused, I put the dice on my computer desk and left it there. I had a small two-tier shoe rack in the lounge not far from the computer desk. Well, the very next morning, I went to put my shoes on and Right next to my shoes was that same dice with the number one facing up. Was someone perhaps trying to tell me something? Another time, I stuck a Union Jack flag on the wall with double-sided sticky tape attached to the four corners. It was very securely fixed because I checked after putting it up and it required some tugging to get it off. So I put it up and later left the apartment. When I came back, it was off the wall and it hadn't just slid down the wall. The position of it meant that it would have to have been pulled away from the wall. Very strange. But the thing that really confirmed to me the poltergeist paranormal activity was a door closing behind me and locking itself. This was in the front door of the apartment. It was an old apartment and has an old wooden door and frame that has been painted a few times and doesn't fit smoothly into the frame. It needs to be forced just to shut properly. Well, one evening I took the trash out, and there's a main bin just in the hallway, so I was only out of the apartment for less than 10 seconds. So bearing in mind what I said about it needing to be forced to shut properly, I was amazed to find the door shut fully when I returned. I turned the handle. It's a door that doesn't lock when you close it. Locking is a separate thing. And it was locked. I couldn't believe it. Of course, I didn't have my keys with me. I tried a few times again rigorously, and it was still locked. I waited a few seconds, completely astonished as to what was happening, when I tried again, and it opened. All of this happened silently. I didn't hear the door shut, which you would because it needs forcing to close, and I didn't hear the locking mechanism. Light bulbs blew regularly as well, not when they were switched on, which... You would kind of expect but when they were already on which was quite strange one night at about 11:30, i was using my laptop i just had a small table lamp on when suddenly there was a bang and i was plunged into almost total darkness luckily because i was using my laptop that switched the batteries and i still had the light from the screen the bulb blowing blew the trip switch in the fuse box so i had to go outside to reset that The bang was so loud that I half expected the bulb to be smashed, but it wasn't. I nearly forgot to mention this. Scratches. One morning, I woke up covered in scratches. They were very fine, like cat scratches. On my body, they were dead straight and about two to three inches long, and on my arms, they were shorter and curved. Skeptics say the person causes this themselves in their sleep, but... I'm sure that the human nail can't cause these kind of scratches. I tried afterwards and all that happened was fat red marks, not fine, bloody scratches. And I don't think it's possible to do it to yourself in your sleep without waking up because of the incredible pain. It should be mentioned that apart from the first thing I mentioned, nearly everything else happened when my wife was not at home and I was alone. Wow, Dr. Smith, that was an incredible story. Uh, I'm assuming that you are a medical doctor. So I think you would know if you could cause scratches like you had on you yourself. I have seen and heard of a lot of people that have gotten scratches in haunted houses, haunted locations, investigations, things like that. They are normally not a great sign. So I'm glad to know that you got out of there interesting thing china has had a lot of history with poltergeist activity and i'd be interested to know what part of china you're in because specifically uh, hong kong and shanghai were both known as areas where poltergeist activity centered a lot around a british presence there so You talking about putting up the Union Jack, which, of course, for the listeners who might not know, that is the British flag. Putting that up seemed to have sparked a little bit of activity, which is very interesting when you consider the historical context of that. But at any rate, thank you very much for sending in your story. That was awesome. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Ashlyn and Kelly and Dr. Smith for sending in your stories. You guys are absolute rock stars. And if you would like to share your story with us and have it be part of one of our future broadcasts, just check us out on Facebook at True Paranormal, the podcast, and give us a like and send us a message or... You can always email it to us at true paranormal podcast at gmail.com that's true paranormal podcast one word at gmail.com also if you listen to us on itunes if you would give us a rating and a review we'd love to get that from you guys and i would like to thank you guys for joining us obviously this week and every week be sure to join us again next week for another episode of true paranormal the podcast.